0: Hello and welcome to this special road trip episode of the Channer Amp podcast. I'm Josh and not with me because he's actually interviewing a couple of friends of the show in this episode is Andy Fusco. This is an explicit show, so I will give you five seconds to listen to something else. That's five, four, three, two, one. Listeners can review the show on iTunes. You can send us emails and voicemails to be played on air. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Check out the Chanarant store at And, of course, this episode, like all episodes, is brought to you by our patrons. You can become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com slash Support the show and invite and share with your friends. On this episode, Andy's on a road trip with a couple friends of the show, Mr. Andrew Douglas of the Piper's Dojo, and our good friend from a couple episodes ago, Mr. Keegan Sheehan where they talk about bands using higher-level players in competition, the most beloved and hated association members, and what makes a good student body for a clinic. So enjoy this episode, and we look forward to seeing you next week.
1: Alright, so, uh, welcome to, uh, CRCRC. Shannon Rank Cunts Riding in Cars. (laughs) We call it the CRCRC. Um, So, uh, we are officially done with the... New Jersey Police Tuning door. Clinic, right? And sure. And we were riding in the car, of course, with I Keegan, think... fan, friend of the show. Hello? Fan I... favorite.
2: <laughs> I think I think the... Uh, sorry to interrupt your intro. I think... That's okay. It's, we're used Keegan to... Keegan episode is my favorite episode of the show. Of all time? Really? I actually think that's true. Why is that? Uh, I, I just think it was really entertaining with a mixture of, like, actual pipe band chat. That's only because Keegan was there. And, yeah, well, and I... more importantly... Nick I've double. known Keegan for a long time, so part of me is really excited that the world is, like, getting to know him and his personality. Oh and he was all embarrassed, like, the moments where he was, like, shouting over the mic. Well,
3: I was maybe just going to ask him that. your episode. I
2: was going to ask him that.
1: Like, like, so, Keegan, dude, what did
3: you actually think of your episode? Uh, <laughs> I thought I was extremely obnoxious. Um, but It's a lovable it's, kind of obnoxious. It's thing. probably kind of, like, um, just, like... You know, you don't always like the person you see in the mirror sort of thing, and when you hear yourself recorded and, you know, you get to listen back, you kind of realize, like, wow, is that who I really am? (laughs) Maybe I am just that obnoxious, so I'm coming to terms with it.
1: Would you feel like it's worthy to blame that on the alcohol at all,
3: or is that Uh, normal for you? I generally don't like to make excuses, but if I were to make an excuse in this case, (laughs) I would definitely say the several glasses of Bushmills... Before and during the episode, nope, nope, straight. Nope. I screwed it up. Yep. It's too late. Okay, that's so right. We're in you trouble a, now. You got to get back on the parkway, now Oh no, oh, that's yeah. right. We we'll get we we'll get a couple extra minutes.
1: We Keegan because Andrew just took a wrong turn. Street. I I, I am not.
2: That. I want to be clear. I am not overwhelmed, but it is not like my specific driving comfort zone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's also hard to like be on a podcast and navigate.
2: Like I don't want I I don't want people to think
1: I'm some sort of like wimp. Notice Keegan. He hasn't quieted down though. He's not actually concentrating on the road that much yeah in true douglas fashion which is actually remarkable. I, uh we had the uh, clinic today let's just say nope, let's nope. Uh, let's just say Definitely this no nope. two days two days it's it it's really needed two days but your brevity was amazing
3: yeah <laughs> it, <laughs> it was. was like 50-50 talking and maybe a little more but.
1: i did like the uh, style of the more more um more often breakouts that that i yeah, think worked broke well. it up Look it up <laughs> and it kept the guys awake I think because they were losing it after lunch I think for sure
3: they lost their lunch
1: they were they were like sleeping oh, I saw some I mean, of those
3: guys like I was really sleepy after <laughs> lunch too like alright yeah.
2: well because the pizza was the pepperoni was excellent absolutely was right And but then I was like alright I want to try this margarita pizza or whatever and it was unreal it was so, so good yeah so I had two more full slices because it was just really really tasty yeah, like the basil. The basil yeah. is so good.
1: Oh, it's so good. I do want to say one of the <laughs> things I was excited for was New Jersey and or New York bagels. And then once they said they were having pizza, I was thinking, oh, shit, pizza down here is amazing as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: And it turns out it's true. Yeah. I mean, and it, it probably wasn't anything particularly
3: special, but it's still. Like, it's pretty quality pizza, to good. be fair. Yeah. Like, it's good. Better than the pizza I generally get around here. There's like one place around here that's got a specialty pizza. You know what I like I really about like. New Jersey,
2: too? Is you get an amazing, nice, greasy slice of pizza, and there's nobody freaking dabbing it with their napkin to get the grease off. And <laughs> no, they're just going for yeah, it. Yeah, like Absolutely. you know, they're real men, and presumably women, as well. Oh, yeah. There were no, there were no women there today. I noticed that. Like you noticed, I that? did notice that. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> rare. I mean, there's usually there's usually several. Absolutely zero.
1: Do do they state police? Didn't they tell us they have no women in their band? Yes. No,
3: I they think. have they have like one or two women. Oh, they do. Okay. Uh, like a- but they played tenor, I think, so they wouldn't have ended up piping. Right, right. right.
1: right. I think they, they weren't were there right. last night either, right? So, it was interesting that I did notice that. And what else did you notice, Keegan? What was it you said to us earlier?
3: Oh, the bald heeds. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Lots, lots of bald heeds. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen so many bald heads in my life. It was like a, it was like a skinhead convention. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was pretty interesting. At one point, I was like, plus we're in this like totally bizarre like royal albert's palace which is like a i don't know if it's like an indian cultural center or like they do a lot of like banquets and events there uh, particularly like indian folks and there was actually like some kind of wedding reception or something happening next to us today yeah so but that. uh they must have been thinking like what is going on with these guys and the bob <laughs> heads and the freaking bagpipes so it was a, it was a it was a cultural experience today i would say absolutely oh, it was uh, <laughs>
1: The whitest white and in the Indianest <laughs> that's, You know, that's
3: one thing I will say New Jersey has going for it It is a good uh, mixture of cultures and you, you can actually experience a lot here which is, I mean maybe some people like that, I think that's worthwhile in general for, for folks to experience different cultures and, whatnot. and you do You do get a lot of various things here in Jersey in, in that regard
0: here on, just do
1: this light on the left. Yep. So, Keegan, any uh, last words before we throw you out of the car and uh, review the
3: tuck and roll, Keegan? It's been real. It's been real, people. <laughs> it's good to see you again.
2: It's only been like a week, but... Yeah, <laughs> thanks for, you know, coming and uh, you know, doing the dojo gig with me
3: again. Pleasure, pleasure, as always.
2: He is a starving uh, I feel like college you, student. Did you get some good work done during my lectures? <laughs> no, I didn't get it. <laughs> I saw him back there on the laptop <laughs> like, was, I think but... he must be doing schoolwork. He's said this go a few through, times.
3: you got to go through here. You're not yeah, a, stop a stop sign, sign. not a lifestyle. Oh, my bad.
2: This yeah, guy's waiting for me. See? <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I'm like, all right. I'm an all right guy. I'm not a danger to <laughs> my fellow man. I wouldn't say that.
1: He's one. You're an all right driver. I wouldn't say you're an all right guy. Sweet. All right, so here we are dropping Keegan off. So now we're
2: down to two cuts in the car. Yeah, do you mind if I uh, chew on some beef jerky
1: while no. we uh, do our show? No, go not. Go ahead. <laughs> It'll be funny, I think.
2: <laughs> it's the <yeah. laughs>
1: I love I'll, listening to people like eating into a microphone. It's just so like, goddamn funny.
2: Oh, uh, My wife, it's um, <laughs> a good way to keep my wife from listening to this. Oh yeah, she hates it. Oh, she hates it.
1: Yeah. Are you uh, Are you aware of this ASMR stuff that exists? I think it's A or AMSR. I don't know what it is, but
2: oh, is that um? Is this people? a fair question to get me to say something dirty?
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, you just made me remind, remind me of it because your wife hates the sound of, you know, people, mandibles working or whatever. But people are into like that whispering into your ear kind of stuff and listening to like people's mouth noises and stuff. You ever heard of that? I've never heard of that. So it's a whole thing on YouTube, especially YouTube. But um, so like really hot chicks will get into a microphone and just whisper to it like this. You
2: can hear their voices. It's, oh,
1: yeah. And it like turns people okay. on,
3: yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't
2: know. I totally um it annoys The noise is I'm mean. not going to say I'm into it or not. I'm just not gonna say that one way or the other. Sure, that's fine. A really attractive, like woman's voice whispering—that sounds interesting. Really? Okay. I, I just—it's
1: not my thing. I mean, yeah, I like, okay. I like some fucked up shit, but that's. I just don't want not you to, one to one. take
2: this the wrong way, but I'm I'm <laughs> not gonna like go home and like check it out. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I can send you some if you'd like. But I get it. Like,
2: <laughs> it's a lot like that. It's a lot easier for me to get that than like. You know, people with, like, a dirty
1: panties fetish or something. Oh, God, yeah. So, I know a person, and she will eventually be on the show. We're trying to get her booked for the show. Uh, and I don't want to blow too much of the load, if you will, too soon. But she has uh, sold her panties before and stuff of that nature. And her bathwater. There's people that sell bathwater, mm-hmm. like women. Um, there was a big controversy recently about that. I don't know, six months ago or something. But So, wait. Wait. They'll take a bath and then they'll bottle. They'll bottle up and then they'll sell it on the internet. Like and guys will buy it because they're weirdos. Yeah. Guess. And you could buy women's panties. You can buy, I don't know, used shoes. I guess I don't know socks. Whatever, it's like
2: weightlifters who will buy like breast milk because it'll you know because it's got so much good stuff in it and they'll like mix really? it into their protein shakes and stuff. Yeah. I have not heard of that one. That's so
1: It takes well, it to I mean, a whole it, new level, right? But that's not like for like a sexual fetish. That's just them fucking. Being crazy about working out,
2: yes, being yoked, but it's like it has a <laughs> similar degree of like gross. Oh, for to, sure. For me, it's like, eh, eh.
1: yeah, breast milk is not. Uh, th- that's another thing you can find that in uh, Pornhub.com or whatever, breast milk videos where women are like
2: squirting it. Um, uh, you're out, We're out of my depth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
1: why we're talking about this, but <laughs> these are the these are the holes we go down sometimes, people. Um, especially when uh, we don't have a plan no plan no plan in place but that's okay um, so uh, bagpiping related let's we'll do a quick review of the uh, of the clinic okay uh, how do you think it went overall
2: I, I was super stoked why is that great like and um, every now and then you teach a workshop to like like a a group of people that's used to working together in a disciplined scenario mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm not a disciplinarian at all, nope. but everybody listens to what you say. They don't talk back. They're not adversarial, and they just, like, try what you say. Yep.
1: That was actually uh, remarkable. I expected I – I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect them to be so
2: – that. <laughs> I don't
1: know how to <laughs> right? it. And,
2: like, and the interesting thing is if you just – I don't want to sound like a real jerk, but if you just be quiet for a second and try what I'm telling you, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you'd be amazed how quickly you get it. Yeah. And I don't know about your groups, but like, you know the blow trick? Every single person stood up, did the blow trick within 30 seconds really well.
1: Yeah, our, my group was super successful at it. There's maybe one guy who was pretty new that struggled a little bit. But you know how <clears throat> you brought it up in the clinic about people that... Uh, you know, there's those people that give up too soon where they're like, mm-hmm. I just can't hear it. And then, and then you, you mentioned it, look, try it five times. And then if you still don't got it, then ask, then right. ask. Exactly. We had one guy that sort of did that once. And I reminded him like, no, 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 just keep trying. Give it five shots. And if you miss it, then we'll stop. Right. And then he kept going. And then he like, at try number four, he started to find it. Yeah. And it's like, see, that's what happens. People just don't, they usually just
2: don't go far enough. They don't, they give up too soon. Well, hundred percent. Yeah. And like. And they give up too soon, and then they need to talk about why they gave up for five minutes. Yes. <laughs> so, like, we could have tried this 30 more times in the in that spiel In that time that you're essentially just, like, surveying for sympathies. Correct. You know, it's yeah. like, like, I am sympathetic. Like, we've all been there. Like, we've all struggled with tuning. But the more time you spend talking about it, the less time you can spend just workshopping it and, and like, actively... Right getting your hands dirty and trying to figure it out
1: right this yeah. and this guy to be fair did not do that he just said i can't hear it and he, he just stood there i'm like no no no, let's just try it again and i, and I walked him through a little bit and he and then he got it you know the other thing i noticed that was really interesting that almost never happens maybe in civilian groups i don't know is that when we were going around the circle doing the blow trick or whatever the various things we were doing everybody else was standing there paying attention they weren't talking they weren't yeah just wandering yeah, except around except for you and keegan everyone paid attention the whole day it was great well yeah but i've heard this spiel 17 times so. <laughs> although yeah. i out, get, i get something out of it every time there's always that um i do like the meat grinder idea and i do believe i'm going to bring that i've heard it you've referenced that twice yeah. and i'm going to bring that back to the uh, local group for sure
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, i think that's a great idea um and will maybe we'll get into that a little bit later but uh so any, any other thoughts about the clinic overall
2: that was fabulous
3: you want Chris to Chris I was who just put going it, to say, yeah.
2: <laughs> it was unbelievable so Chris he Kay. talked to me after our actual tuning clinic in Albany did we do a show after that no we did not we were talking about it and never did we never did we got lazy but like yeah we were talking about the dinosaur barbecue after the tuning clinic in Albany and he was like I want you to take this to my guys yep and I was like Well, I'm definitely interested, but basically this is what it's going to cost you to do it. And it's not cheap because (coughs) for a couple of reasons. Number one is I need several guys. I need to hire several guys to be able to handle the breakouts. And we all need to be there. So it's not just me going down to teach a workshop. Right, yeah. It's actually three guys. So it's a little bit pricey. Plus... Especially in New Jersey, like from a business perspective, I have to be careful not to compete with myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, so I can't have too many tuning clinics going on in the Northeast because then when I do my own tuning clinic, I won't be able to get enough people to come out,
1: right? That's true. Do you think spacing them out time-wise is enough to make a
2: difference or is it still to a year well it's definitely handy like it's definitely a much easier sell that we did this basically the opposite time of year so so it ended up working out great but I was like like basically this is how high you're going to have to jump if you actually want to do this and like a couple months later Chris is like yep we got 30 guys here's all the you know here's everything you'll need like we got all the finances sorted out this and this and this is going to happen and we got the facilities and you know how many hotel rooms do I need to buy and I was like oh that. all right You I mean like it's all done and i just show up exactly right yeah <laughs> how it great is that because yeah. like uh, and that is the type of work we have to do for our own clinic correct yeah. so you just he just like
1: he just th- did it figured it out and did it no problem yep any idea of the business model on his side did he
2: charge his people or? you know i have no idea and it's awesome yeah uh, i i it doesn't think doesn't matter right i think um People paid X number of dollars to go there. Oh, they did? Whether it was them or maybe their band. Their department or something. But maybe the band had enough budget to send a few guys from the different bands. I'm not quite sure, though.
1: Yeah. But it doesn't matter. They met your requirements and what will you care? Right. <laughs> right? Exactly.
3: <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And it was cool. Yeah.
2: Anybody else who's interested, we should do it. We should do it. You know, with, with the... With what I just said in mind you know? yeah.
1: do you think because we've had some and I'm not going to say anything specific about this but we've had some interest in a far away place from the northeast somebody who brought this up to right. you right
2: I remember this so yeah, is, it, is it's, something it's, like that his his far initials away are, his initials are BBB <laughs> it might be yeah so uh, and we talked about that yeah and so, that kind of like that one's tricky because a lot is on my plate to try and figure out how to work that Right, so in his case, like if he really wants to do it, like
1: being like Chris and just you set everything up. This is our price. Make it happen. And
2: like and it gets really up, weird. Man. Like one of the reasons the Tuning Clinic in Albany works so well is that it's in my backyard, and I don't have to you know fly somewhere for five hundred and fifty dollars round trip. And then you know what I mean. Yeah, that adds a lot to it for sure. It, it adds. It adds like financial, and it adds logistical, like, nightmares on top of what's already logistically really tricky to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So that's the problem we had with that and probably why it fizzled out. It's also where Chris was just such a superhero. He's like, there's basically no logistics. Here's the address. I put it in my Google Maps. You know, you and I chatted on the way down and that was that. By the way, how did I miss... I thought
1: we were wearing buttoned-up shirts today with collars, like... How did I miss the memo of not that? Did I, did I uh, yeah, see that? Yeah, we were uh, texting two days ago, I guess. You're like, I need to talk to Chris, but I think we should wear tucked in shirts with collars because these are policemen. Then.
2: Yeah. And then well, you're like, and, and I said, like, so okay. So I texted Chris, and he was like, nope, totally casual. And I guess I never, I just never told <laughs> You him. never passed that information? Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> but I mean, you look whatever. you look good.
1: I mean, I mean, as good as I can look. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. And no, by far. Homo,
2: but you look good. Well, you know by far the most uh, did you guys used to say that in high school oh definitely like new no homo uh, actually no I think I'm which is like a really that. this day and age that's really I don't I'm, I I regret ever having said something like that I want to go on the record okay why do you, Why is that because it's like you know it's uh, not PC can't say homo anymore
1: basically yeah yeah uh, Wait. <laughs> All right, I'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, normally, I would I would go after you on that and just try to put back you into a corner. But what do you nice. mean? I don't know. I would just say something horribly offensive and make you uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll we'll leave that out. But we already um, did the whole bathwater thing, so yeah, yeah. And i we've we've tried to do that to you many times anyway. So you you're, you've uh, learned to successfully navigate the the Chandoran landmines. Generally, and so is Joe Brady. You're two pros at it at this point.
2: I want you to have. I want you to do you. Well, I'll give you that. But I'm okay with that not being me. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey,
1: uh, I remember. <laughs> I don't know, a year ago or so. And I don't know if I've ever told the story, but uh, when you wanted to bring me on to do more work at the dojo, and we were doing the Channeryn thing and all this stuff, and I remember having a conversation with you about, like. You know, what, you know, the things we do at Chain Arena is very risqué, obviously, on purpose. Is this... You foresee a conflict. Like, is this going to become a problem at
2: some point? Right. Like, no, you do you. As long as you don't freaking fuck me over. Like, I don't... What do I care? As long as you never turn... <laughs> like, as long as you never get as bad as Josh, it's probably alright. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to... To a little bit of a line, I suppose. But <laughs> well, when Josh was threatening terrorism, I definitely winced. I want to be clear, you know, like oh, god. It was a little nerve wracking at times. Yeah. <laughs> to be, but uh, you know, I mean, our our demographics do overlap. You think so? Yeah, we have wholesome. We have a lot of wholesome people at the dojo, but we also have, as you would expect, like a lot of like dirty old dudes that love like oh that's for sure being raunchy and like doing that and also want to get good at the pipes right so so for me like you know for now for now it all works for now it works (laughs) we'll see what you come up with
1: uh I remember one I have you there's this one there's two students of the dojo who let me see I don't want to tell the story one of them is a listener to the show, the other one isn't. But somehow, heard the one that isn't a listener show is an older, very wholesome person. Heard about what we, you know, the fail of the week concept that we have. And she asked this other student who's, they're in a band together, like, what's this fail of the week thing? And what's this Chanarant thing? And this other student was like, uh, yeah, like, you're not going to want to listen to this. Like, <laughs> stay away. Trust me right, on this right. one. Uh, and she's, yeah. So it, uh, every once in a while, that's, I'm like, oh, boy, this person's listening. Oh, uh, here we go. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it works out. Though.
2: I think they know we're just lovable jerks, hopefully. I am a, uh, this might get weird, so cut me off. But all right. I'm a passionate believer and supporter of all free speech. Okay. Why would this get weird? Josh is going to love this. Just because it's like... Just because it's a little bit philosophical and this is supposed to be like an entertaining show. That's right. But I love like... I love all free speech, whether I agree with it, whether I think it's funny, whether I find it offensive, whether I disagree with it. The fact that you can like go on the internet and say whatever you want in our country is like the best thing ever. So
1: like to any degree, so...
2: I don't know I'm just using this as an example but white supremacy hate speech blah blah I'm, blah I'm, blah. Now, I'm not going to listen to it because it's like not my thing right obviously or like you know <clears throat> but like it's 100% I 100% support it I want people I want the crazy people those are the people we need to do more of it you think so in my opinion because they push yeah out I more. want all that all the crazy stuff needs to get out there so people can see how crazy it is like crazy stuff like uh, calibrating drone rates, that kind of thing? Exactly, right. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Or like playing d throw starting on the beat. Oh my god. I, tell, <laughs> re, re, uh, tell the story
1: of the resistance, story the resistance. I'm not going to retell the story of resistance Because we've never told it on the show, you just told
2: it today, I think. Well, Wasn't it today? Or was that dinner last night? I forget. It was at dinner last night. So like... My official stance on the timing of a throw or a terluith, right? Yep. Is that there are two? There are two like possible ways to play that movement musically. Let's just go with a, a terluith, right? Sure. There are two possible ways to play it musically. One, which is the mainstream way, is to do what? Fill us in, Andy. The mainstream way, just right? To, uh... Like it's the, the e-grace note on the beat. E-grace note on the beat. Otherwise known as the third step of the movement aligns with the beat. Right. Right? Yep. But the other way to play it, which can be extremely musical, and also happens to be really handy when it comes to like trying to create unison in a group, Absolutely. is to start the movement on the beat. Right. Um, but of course, and, and that's the way we teach it at the dojo by default. Like the default way I would teach it is to start it on the beat as opposed to the mainstream way that's just the way I teach it I think that's the better way to do it but of course like the truth of the matter would be if you put any sort of deep thought into it the truth of the matter would be you if you actually want to be a great player you need to have the ability to do it both ways right you know if you have true control over the embellishment it's not going to be a huge deal oh crap this is my exit Andy you're trying to kill us (laughs) I set them up, everybody. Uh, but we made it. We made it to the exit, and the rest of the way home, I know. So Is, is it one road
1: good. all the way from
2: here? Well, no, but uh, 17 ends at 287. Oh, gotcha. So, so we're in good shape. Uh, so, like, the moral of the story really is we need to develop control over all the steps of the embellishment, and we need to be able to play them in any way that's, like, musically advantageous to us.
3: Yeah,
2: That's the moral of the story. But what happened in the past, especially in the early days, is people were hearing this stuff, and it makes sense that a Terleweth should start on the beat, right? Sure. In a lot of situations, but not all. Right. I think in the majority of situations, it makes more sense to start it on the beat, or as much sense as it does to end it on the beat. Okay. So that's the way we teach it. Sure. So you go to a workshop and you'll you'll sort of say this these things, but people miss the point that like I'm not saying this is the only way to play the movement. So in the old days, they would go on the Bob Dunsay forums and stuff, and they would say, "I went to a workshop with Andrew Douglas, and he said you're all jerks, and uh, we should actually be starting these movements on the beat. You know, explain yourselves, you jerks, stuff like that. Yeah, and then um, and then yeah." I think that was one of the first times I got banned from the Bob Dylan Center. <laughs> well, because like, and the, the reason was, is not that I was going on trash talking, I don't think, although I got out, I wouldn't want to dig it up and find out what I actually said. Yeah, you were
1: fi- more fiery back then, I think.
2: Oh, yeah. A little I less political. Down. A little less like, well, and I'm, less I'm smart. far from diplomatic still, <laughs> so, but it was even worse. But I, So I dread to know what I actually said, but you know, my memory of the situation was I was just on there trying to explain myself. Right. Uh, But because I was like, because I was on the forums and kind of referencing my own company that like flagged their uh, rules about not being able to promote your own business on the forums. That was like a big no-no for a while. Right. So I think that was one of the first times I got banned. I think the second time I got ultra banned was cause I, Made fun of them for having that rule. Oh, really? Yeah, I got so you in a mind. lot of trouble for that.
1: <laughs> well, a lot of trouble meaning just permanently banned, or well,
2: and, and like people who mentors of well, at least one significant mentor of mine was like, I, I heard you did this thing, and I just can't believe you would do such a thing, and uh, and then anyway. do Do you think uh, it was? You know, I agree. It wasn't the It wasn't the greatest thing. So I, uh, you know. Do you think you're the most
1: misunderstood uh, pipe bander of all time?
3: Hmm.
2: I think it it comes with like, you know, I'm definitely a natural agitator. Is that on purpose
1: or is it just your nature?
2: Uh, I think at times it's on purpose and at times I just can't help it. (laughs) You mean like you want to poke the bear kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but like for me poking the bear is uh, it it is like a necessary part of what I'm trying to do right yeah which is like I want to kind of shake I want to kind of shake up the tree a little bit so that like we can discard some preconceived notions that aren't right Mm -hmm. Uh, but like unfortunately you know there are people who have done things a certain way for a long time that are a little bit sensitive and Take that sort of thing personally. The establishment, if you will. Sure, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, and what I'm getting better at as I get older is um, not being so adversarial and how, like, I, I'm, I'm getting my ideas out there. Okay. You know, there was probably a time where I was like, "If you want to use Teflon tape, you're just crazy." Right. But like, that's not. I could care less really at the end of the day, right? That's not really the point. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. What's the. Like, the truth is if, if you're. If Teflon tape is helping you get your bagpipes perfectly efficient every time you play, then go for it. It doesn't matter to me. So I've softened on some of my edges, I think. Okay. Okay but not the important ones but coming back to the question of being misunderstood you'll have to ask around it's like reading Rainbow like a, don't take my word for it go read a book you know You're right yeah like um, I think most people who actually take the time to carefully consider what I have to say like what I'm saying okay now I don't. I don't necessarily contend that more than maybe forty nine percent of people like my personality and my approach. So yeah, that's, that's like a separate separate conversation.
1: That's a pick'em right there. Uh, <laughs> um, Do you think uh, I get the impression many people don't uh, get your sarcasm as well either?
2: Yeah, sarcasm is like a. The sarcasm is a. I think it's like a defense mechanism for you. Um, it's just a general, oh, in general right? like, yeah, yeah. but definitely for me, it's like a defense mechanism. So when and it, and it comes from when you know you're
1: right, and but you're trying not to be so. Aggressive in stating your rightness, yeah, right. So and, you're trying to like play it and off. And don't get
2: bit. me wrong. I don't think I'm always right, but in the moment, I always think I'm right. Right, of course. You know, like it turns out, in certain many situations, I, I wasn't actually entirely right. <laughs> you know, but like the the sarcasm comes from, at least in the moment, quote unquote, knowing you're right. Yeah. And um, but dealing with people who like who like especially in a teaching scenario people who think they know better even though you thought about that ten years ago and it's not correct right so I don't know it's a weird thing though yeah I'm very sarcastic because um, and we spoke about this I think before on the show right oh no on our long form I don't remember yeah Yeah, so sarcasm is also a way to Uh, when you're in a teaching scenario, it's also, if, if do correct, in the words of Mr. Miyagi, right? (laughs) Uh, If do correct uh, is a really effective tool to reduce somebody's ego and preconceived notions, right? Reduce
1: the student's ego? What's that? Reduce the student's ego? Yes. Interesting. Okay. I was thinking if it's more of like a, sort of a break the tension sort of thing or just to break up the... Oh, I don't know if being. it necessarily
2: breaks tension, Andy. Well, it certainly sometimes <laughs> does not. <laughs> Especially when it's delivered by you most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know I mean. like You know what I mean. So you'll be in a situation where your job is to get people to play better. Sure. So, you know, it's you're not necessarily a teacher. Uh, you could be a pipe major or a pipe sergeant or... And you're in a leadership position and then somebody challenges what you're saying, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I think there's a right and a wrong way to challenge your leadership. But what, what I'm referring to now is like the wrong way. Are you cold or hot? I'm warm, but I just think the yeah, air is like blowing like, on the mic. That's all. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sarcasm can be a useful way to kind of like reduce that ego while that gets put up. Yeah. gotcha uh, but it's probably not the best way sure or it could be I don't know
1: Well I, I guess like a good stand-up routine at it all it's all into delivery
2: right, right and Tiny. it is a delicate balance and and like you're also especially uh, it's a good way to test what kind of reaction you're gonna get Sure like somebody who's really there ready to actually learn they can handle it you know and like a lot of people aren't ready to you know publicly display any kind of weakness I think that's what it is right and so a little sarcasm can be a great test to see if they can handle it or not right yeah and if they can't you have to like you gotta throw more softballs for a while until they can right yeah (laughs) like you know what I mean it's like anything it takes a while to establish trust with people
1: so is it like a sales technique in the sense that like when you're delivering information like today, for example, you're just trying to get people to say yes, yes, yes. And then, then they, mm-hmm. without even realizing they're saying yes, and then they start to come along
2: on that journey with you. Right, exactly. Uh, and, and like if you've studied with me for a long time, it's way easier for me to teach you a new idea. Because you know, I, you know, because you have trust in me that I figured it out. It's the same way like if you have a favorite band like a like a favorite rock band Mm -hmm. you're gonna love their new album no matter what because you trust their musical judgment already right but if you don't already love the band the new album it might take 10 listens before you like quote unquote get it yeah before you're willing to like it the the newest Tool album great example because I like Tool but I'm not like a Mm -hmm. like a mega Tool guy yeah um so it took me like three or four tries before I was like, okay, this is actually wicked awesome. Yeah, absolutely. At first I was was like, (laughs) at first I was like, yeah, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know, I don't know know if I like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But teaching's the same way, like, like here I am at my dojo thing, it's like, I don't know if what Andrew's saying is right. We kind of have that problem in our 7.30 a.m. class because... But aren't those people, most of your 7.30 people have been around for a while. That's the point. So when someone shows up that's new, it's harder to it takes them longer to like really get in the mix because I'm already in like I'm already in the mode with the vast majority of people that I don't need to like start from square one and and like you know go through all of the basic sort of trust fall exercises again so they have to they kind of happen one or two a day you know they're like oh yeah that makes sense and then so that class, like, it maybe takes two or three weeks before you're totally bought in. Right, yeah. Yeah. And that's a big thing, right? So if you have a bagpipe teacher, if they've helped you achieve a ton of success, the next lesson you go to, you're not going to question what they're telling you.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. Now, I, I noticed, uh, it, well, I mean, obviously I would notice this, but the uh, dojo's been getting quite an influx of new students lately, probably due to a couple uh, promotional things that have happened recently. And one of them I wanted you to talk about was the, uh, the uh, planner. Okay. And, and it's also great because this is a great opportunity to give Josh some credit because he loves credit. Yeah. (laughs) So what, uh, you developed this, uh, basically it's like a music journal. Like I've used music journals in the past basically to keep track of your practice and your, all that kind of stuff. But like, what is, what is different about this one or what's What's more bagpipey
2: about this than your average sort of soldier? Um, so it's definitely just basically it's modeled off from a planner that I used on and off uh, over the past year or two for music or for for kind of like business entrepreneurial like okay. self like organization type okay. things. But it was like that one was geared very much towards. Uh, just like, you know, operating your business or or like getting through like your business day. Um, And so it would have you map out what your goals are. We do that in the planner too. And then more detail about the goals. And then uh, each day it would have like essential things you need to do every day. Obviously, that would be a great tool for a piper, but we needed to like change some things. So that's where, well, some of the Layouts, the the
1: idea behind it was, I assume, mostly designed by you, but the actual layout was was uh, Josh helped you with, is that correct?
2: Well, yeah. So I gave Josh what needed to be on each page, and then he laid it out. Right. Because
1: his skills are basically uh, graphic design kind of stuff, right? Yeah. That's what it needed, right? Yeah. What is this? Is this like a <laughs> Josh ad, or what? I just want to be nice to the guy once in a while. I don't know. I want to call him a cunt in about three minutes, so... <laughs> So essentially you you uh both in a way, both myself and Josh have worked for you and done things for you. So it's almost like your Dojo sponsors right, the channel. I, I was
2: wondering if this was our
1: last time <laughs> like,
2: yeah. It's like Dojo sponsors the
1: channel. So like we so need everybody. to like
2: I, I I feel like we really should clear the air on this. What do you mean? And like you know you remember the Bill Clinton thing, like Better not have sex with that woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. I am not a sponsor of the Chandler <laughs> Man podcast. <laughs> what do you mean? You, I, I mean, want to be perfectly clear. You do so like you fund our drinking habits in some ways, right? So you guys <laughs> earn money uh, when you successfully sign people up for the dojo, right? Yes.
1: So, so, like, just like a regular marketing commercial. So it's not technically a sponsorship. But like I'm not saying? saying
2: I'm not paying you money to do an ad read. Okay, so that's the difference? Yeah, you're promoting me out of your own free will. Oh. In hopes that somebody (laughs) will... (laughs) It's because I don't want to be officially associated with you people, right? So
1: it can't be on the record is what you're saying.
2: Well, I mean, it's definitely on the record because it's all out there on the internet.
1: But. <laughs> so when, whenever Josh and I get around to reading a new commercial for the dojo, which will never happen, well, I mean, hopefully we'll get to it eventually, but... So we can't use the word sponsor.
2: Is that what you're telling me? So Well, I mean, you do already, <laughs> so it's too, that ship has sailed. But, like, you know, well, well we for all, the people out there who are like, those chattering guys are crazy borderline terrorists. Uh, that's true. How could the dojo, my... You know, my, how could my boy Andrew actually like these guys? I don't. No, not at all. No, I just, um, <laughs> you know, I'm willing to partner with you to try and make more money. Improve business, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and since we are the most listened to podcast, I think, technically. Well,. I still haven't seen your numbers. But.
1: I'd be happy to show them to you. And my new marketing program, one which I told you about, which I'm not going to say anything about here, uh, I'm definitely going to use that to try to draw more uh, marketing business.
2: Your new, new sure. marketing program.
1: What, what is uh, it? where I did where I do some test reads and then send oh, them yeah, to them, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And just try to say, "Hey, look, we're uh, we can do a real read." And then, will
2: once they agree, we'll change it into something horrible. Right? <laughs> I love like I love Bill Burr's uh, terrible ad reads on his podcast. Oh, he's the best. I,
1: I like anything like that. Wouldn't, like I used to listen to Howard Stern all the time. Obviously, and he would do stuff like they'd start a read and then like something would get screwed up, and he'd just start yelling about something in the middle of the read and stuff yeah. like that. It's just so oh, fun.
2: It's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like. What's funny about it is, like, people don't, including the people paying for the ads, like, they don't realize how great that is. You know, to actually be a part of what makes the show good. Yeah, the culture in a way to or To actually whatever. be part of the comedy is so much better for your brand than getting your, like, totally canned ad read read right on the air. Right, absolutely. You know, for so people you, to associate something being really funny with your brand is way more important than them knowing that there's like a promo code for five dollars off their right. toothbrush. You know? I can give
1: you two great examples of that. One, you listen to Joe Rogan, right? Or you're aware of him at least? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm a, yeah. Like, the first seven minutes of his podcast is him just reading ads, right? Yeah. And he doesn't do, he just reads them like there's nothing I skip past that every yeah goddamn and, and time. he knows it and he, he doesn't, doesn't care he doesn't care right he makes enough because he gets it's like time. a million listeners per episode right so it doesn't really matter but I would think his ad company would care whether people are skipping past that but either way but uh, the other example that for me is uh, the big rap show like he goes through these sections of reading ads right and then I just skip by him. so yeah. how does that help I imagine other people do I don't know for sure maybe they don't right but like if he was like insert it just randomly like we do and then I let Josh just well not let Josh just riffs on him uh, and just says stupid shit it becomes
2: part of the comedy and then people have to listen to the
3: ad and that's
2: (laughs) why like, that's why we don't I wouldn't do that I wouldn't give you money to read about my product on the air right right? like that's why we I believe in like an affiliate partnership model sure like I want and you guys are it's great obviously you are but even Josh he's like Josh actually uses my product. He can actually intelligently talk about it. He actually, presumably, at least to a degree, believes it's a good thing for his listeners to be involved in. So now he can give me an actually worthwhile referral, right? Exactly. Like to a wide audience of crazy, super dirty uh, men and shockingly many women as well. Yeah, and that's the other thing that blows my mind. Your right. women listenership blows my mind. Blows On a regular basis Because you are the most Like chauvinist Like ultra sexist Show I've ever heard In my life It's remarkable Yeah (laughs) Like I don't understand it Exactly Uh,
1: And it's And especially like We get enough Like even older women That don't have time For that shenanigans Like young people Okay I get it a little bit But like We have not gotten Any female hate mail Ever Like about being A chauvinist pig Or whatever And
2: I say horrible shit Really? It's amazing Not once That that's the sort of thing, and I don't really want to talk about this very much at all. But that's the sort of thing that makes me really question the whole PC thing. Yeah, it makes me think that that's way, o- I can't way over again overdone. That. Yeah, yeah. It that's, my, not- that's my personal belief is that a lot of these like like really hot button issues are way overcooked absolutely but let's not go any further into it (laughs) because i don't i hope you don't care about my politics and i don't care no i really think about i mean i know your politics and i just don't just don't talk about it yeah but it's like (laughs) but i also i have my opinions but i also don't care that much about anybody else's yeah like do your thing man like free speech baby one one thing i will say about that that we won't go down right, the political here's road here's one more like one last political thing I want to say okay if you put your literature and stick it in my door I promise I won't vote for you oh you go the opposite way no matter what oh yeah oh really if you if you uh, put your shit on my property without asking me first or at least shaking my hand no vote what about if it's in the mail that's okay the mailbox perfectly fine that's where that sort of thing should go okay Right? That way I can sort it on the way, on the walk back from the mailbox and throw it out in the appropriate receptacle before it makes it into my house. Yeah. But, like, that annoys me more than anything. And they all have, because we're we're doing local elections soon, so a lot of it's been going on. Sure. Yeah. And it's always the same, like, pre-written, handwritten note that says, sorry, we missed you. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Maybe my wife will vote for you, but I won't. <laughs> So,
1: going back a step, which is a
2: shame because maybe we have similar political beliefs and I should be supporting you, but you stuck your literature in my door. Is that offensive? Like, yeah, they went on your property, that kind of I suppose I, 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 well, I would care less about that, but I don't really care about any of that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but to go back to it. It's a, ironic because I send a lot of email that people probably don't want in their inbox. That's probably true. But, like, you know, so. And I expect people to just get over that. So maybe, I, <laughs> maybe I'm a hypocrite. I, would, I won't be the first one. But to
1: uh, go back real quick to a thing you said, when we first started the show, and the, like maybe the second episode, we didn't know what it was going to be until we started to do it, and we just lost our minds, right? Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, because of my concept of what political correctness was going on in the country or whatever I remember thinking oh my god we're gonna get destroyed that's I remember thinking that when I was listening <laughs> to you the first couple times that's what I'm like and then nothing like in nothing and then nothing and nobody writes I mean we've gotten some people that are upset over certain things we've said
2: but it's more like well what's funny is like and it's not funny I don't want to make light of this very serious situation <laughs> okay <laughs> but when certain people got upset about certain critiques Right, from certain competitions. Okay, it's so funny that is what people get upset about about your show. Yeah, like of all things, the shit we say. It's that's like what about the fact that Josh threatened to kill children in a school. <laughs> <laughs> no hate man. Not a not a one. And then they make some. Then they make a clear joke about something as like mundane, mundane. as the, you know one of the best bands in the world, like having a drum score that Josh. Analyze Josh doesn't even I mean If he knows What a quarter note is I would be surprised Right (laughs) And he's critiquing The best One of the best drum chords In the history of the world Right
1: Which is so Obviously Intentionally Ironic I don't know know. (laughs) You think he was serious I just don't think Josh is like All there
2: in the head Oh well I mean Are any of us really But like (laughs) I'm sitting at a bar one day Uh oh And like You know the story do I? I was in the middle of this scandal. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Now, let's not talk about it anymore. Well, well, no, I'd like to hear your side. You don't have to use any names. No, I'm not going to tell you my side. <laughs> uh, but uh, Can I tell your side? Because no, I know the story. You can't tell my side. <laughs> I won't talk about it. Okay. But, like, Josh literally threatened legitimate acts of terrorism on more than one occasion. I forget why he did that. Yeah, oh, uh, was that the first the controversy? The reason you forget is because you're both obliterated.
1: Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I thought... Was that the first big controversy, that one?
2: Well, I don't know. What? Well, maybe, maybe it was controversial, but... Like, the major scandals are, like, such minor issues.
1: Yeah, that's that's what's funny the thing that draws people's attention is like dumb stuff like I'm in this is going nobody knows this yet but uh, I am now in trouble for things I said last week with some people (laughs) I don't know how far we want to go down that road but it's essentially uh, I'm in the middle of that scandal too you're in that one too a little bit but a different version of it but uh, so I've gotten quite a few text messages from people not happy about um, my opinion on that the Stone Mountain thing the Stone Mountain thing yeah and Essentially I was just repeating things I heard but they were upset that I repeated things I heard. <laughs> <Essentially>. <laughs> uh, but, you know, hey, we all have our opinions and uh, I don't know. Uh, we're
2: going to get deeper into that soon. But uh, But I think, here's, here's what I actually do think. I think that a lot of people are uh, vocally upset about it is a lot better than what usually has happened. Which, which is nobody talks about Nobody it. talks about it. And barriers nobody talks about the fact that they don't want to do this shit anymore because uh, all of the different issues pertaining to this particular issue <laughs> uh, are... This is
1: great radio. People oh, I have no this idea what amazing. we're talking
2: about. But <laughs> I don't want to talk about this on the air because I'm already in a lot of
0: trouble. <laughs> wow. Lots of riveting stuff going on while these idiots talk in the car. But I just want to interject real quick to talk about the Piper's Dojo. If you're looking to do a little better on your piping, you can always put your money where your mouth is and check out Piper's Dojo. We do have options for a $1 premium test drive, which gives you access to all sorts of amazing courses from world-class instructors, and you can support the show by using our link com slash suckless that's channelrant.com slash suckless see if Doogie really knows what he's talking about for just one dollar now back to the show
1: when I when we did the live stream last and there were you know our usual sort of super fans that were on the live stream and they were like blown away and they're like wait this kind of shit is an issue like why but it is they, they, they know nothing about it like they're, it doesn't not that it doesn't
2: happen where they are they just their and system not, is so different they don't care I think it, and what we are discovering in actually, like, attempting to vocalize how shitty we feel about this. Right. What we're discovering is not that people are breaking the rules, but that the rules don't make actual sense and right. are actually, like, really kind of hurting the um, the feeling you should get when you go to a pipe band competition. Right, exactly. So the, the hill. let's use a Stonehill example, right? Stonehill? Or uh, not Stone Stone Oh, okay. Sorry, excuse me. Stone Mountain, the Stone Mountain example would be that's a place people travel really long distances to go to. Yes. But it's also really late in the season and all, all the other seasons have wrapped up so like it's very easy to do something along the lines of oh we got two weeks or four weeks or whatever the rule is we got four weeks in between events so like let's just do a whole bunch of roster juggling so we can put out like a really great band on the field. Now that is 100 percent technically legal. Right. But is it the right th- is it the right rule? Does it actually make sense for what we're trying to do, which is presumably build a stronger and stronger like you know, culture Piping. culture and population of pipers that wanna get together and compete and raise the standard? Like is that rule actually like healthy and productive? That is, and that is the great I thing. I think that is a great discussion that needs to be had. I agree. Yeah. Because uh, you know, if that's legal, I think there's like issues with it. Like, let's do. Want to do a thought experiment with me? Sure. All right. Let's pretend I'm going to go to a far away EUSPBA event in October with my band. Okay. Let's say hypothetically it's a great three band. Okay. It doesn't matter what grade it is. Yeah, let's make it grade four just to make it ridiculous. Yeah, let's do that. All right, but I I, <laughs> I know a bunch of guys from like a grade one band who want to have a great time in a far away PBA event. The season's over. It's not against the rules. Like, you know, everything's above board. My band, let's say I've got enough money. I want to fly 10 of these guys over. Add them to my roster perfectly legally want to bring 10 of them over. So we'll essentially have you know, the top notch essentially grade 2 pipe core perfectly legally playing in grade 4 at this event and that would be 100% legal. Correct. All I would have to have is the money and I can make that happen. Cuz you're assuming the band's going to pay for these guys to come over. No, no. That this is a hypothet 100% hypothetical. Well, you say
1: need to have the money to do what?
2: right yeah I'm going to fly them all over oh okay that's what I mean Uh, you know uh, I have the money to do I'm going to fly them all over now we're going to play at this thing we're going to get you know drunk together we're going to have the greatest time and even better we're just going to get straight first across the board you know uh, and like that would be hypothetically 100% legal and everybody I'm competing against should be okay with it is that a question? I mean, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of a thought experiment. Like, how does that resonate? Let me ask you a question. You, you well, use... let me... Sorry, I got a little bit of beef jerky going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, let me just add one more thing, sure. which is, this is more and more possible to do, and more and more frequent, more and more frequently happening. Okay. You know, like, for example, Big Rab came over and played with whoever it's still not. Right. Which, as far as I could tell, was 100% legal. It was, yeah. Um, and, like, I, and I don't think that, I don't think the band that had him in was at a huge advantage because he came and played with them. Like, I don't think any of that's true. Right. My point being only that it's extremely possible and normal now for this kind of thing to happen. Right. right and I play I go home and play with Inverary I'm okay with it like ethically because inverary is at the very top so you know that's the name of the game sure is how great can you make a man playing up is one thing playing down right is exactly and actually Rab
1: emailed me he was again very Rab gets very hurt over things sometimes but he he brought up the point to me he's like well he, he thought we were, people were complaining about him and I said numerous times I, had, I told him numerous times it wasn't you. It was other things. But he said, well, you guys went over to Ireland to play with a band. Why is that any different? Like, first of all, we're not grade one players helping another band be great. We're just – and plus we were finishing more or less last all the time. So, like, who would complain when there's nothing right. – there's no problem there. Uh, it's when it's – the, it's the perception, even if it's not real, the perception of grade one players playing down – to bolster a band. Right. So playing up is
2: really not the issue. Well, and it's, you know, when we, when Orrin Moore merged with the Stuart Highlanders back in the day, sure. that was a hot topic that they dealt with swiftly. Who did? You are supposed it? The RSPBA. Oh. So. Oh, I think I remember somewhere. They dealt with it swiftly. We were up in grade one without any sort of like Notice of any kind. We just got a letter. You're in grade one now. Because what had happened was, and I don't personally have a problem with this, but it was weird because we were like, we were, we, our intention was to merge and to like try a year in grade two to, you know, smooth things out. That was what we were trying to do, but people in the UK, by understanding, this is all hearsay, but people in the UK were upset because. A grade one pipe corps was joining another like borderline grade one pipe corps, to like form like a much bigger band and people were like it would be unfair for them to come over here and just win grade two you know if they did that that would be pretty upsetting so they dealt with it swiftly and they, they were like not a fan of the idea sure because like you know and I totally I totally get I totally get that logic And that, but we don't seem to like in the in the USPBA, we don't seem to have like those. What we do, like individual people are are upset when this kind of thing happens. But like technically, it's it's uh, it's becoming more and more common, I think. Right. Like just juggling juggling things at one-off events to try to gain an advantage. Right. My argument is not that it's illegal. I just wonder if it's it's like uh, detrimental to what we're trying to achieve in the long run. Right.
1: Well, let me ask you two follow-up questions. Okay, way. I'm ready now. That so was a five-minute... Try, try to keep your answers brief. That was a
2: five-minute quick <laughs> add-on.
1: I, just I meant to bring a buzzer so I could shut you off after like 60 seconds. but. Uh, That's fair. That, <laughs> that hurts that you said that, but I totally understand. But uh, two questions. So one, in your first example, you said, all right, I bring 10 guys over, blah,
2: blah, 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 blah right? Yep. What if it was four guys? Well, okay. does that change I your answer? So, right. I, my, so in my hypothetical, I'm bringing over a grade four band, I have the money, and it's legal for me to bring over four top-notch grade one pipers and add them to my band? Let's say you're my rival, and you don't have the resources or the connections to be able to do that. How does that make you feel? Especially if I you would traveled a long... Especially if you traveled a long way. Absolutely. Ian, it would, it would let's add you. this to the hypothetical. Let's pretend you have actually beaten me the majority of the year so far. As the... right Okay, right. Just to kind of spice it up, right? I right, got you. Yeah. So, we've been battling it out throughout the year. You've been getting the upper hand. At the end of the year, I, I decide to just add four grade one guys. And sure enough, I go in there and we we smoke the whole field right do
1: you think well and i want to be clear this is just a hypothetical 100 yeah but I, and i'm trying to get to the point of does does the number matter that's so is it four is it two does it make a difference so do does four people would four grade one players in a grade four band make a difference
2: four grade one players and a grade four band what do you think I'm asking the questions. I'm not. I don't have to answer. It. <laughs> four would make.
1: Four would make an enormous difference. I'm making a point. <laughs> so four what if it was would make two? A huge difference. It, two would make a difference. Okay. Um, what if it was like two
2: pipers and two drummers, or something? Get like a grade four, man. It'd make a huge difference. What a lot of grade three. Band. Uh, slightly less than huge, but big difference. Okay, yeah. and
1: that's that's what I'm getting at. Does the number matter? Like you ten is un, like unreasonable. Probably nobody's bringing that many. But, if the number matters, then where do you draw the line? That's yeah, exactly. Where does that line get drawn? Right. And so that's I guess that's a big question, right? And then so my other follow up question to that was um, sure if it wasn't.
2: Here's another thing I'll I think. Remember now. <laughs> I'll think of it. If let's pretend you could let's pretend you could play. Let's take a guy like myself, for example. I play with Inverary, and then I'm registered as an instructor from my home band. Okay. And that's how I legally play with two bands. Okay. I personally believe it's good for any band to have as many as one piping instructor, one drumming instructor, and one midsection instructor on the field of the band. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. So, like, right now I play with Inverary and I play with my home band. Yes, Right. I mean, January, Let's say a rule January came Cubs. out. What's that? Cuts? Cups? Uh, I can't.
1: <laughs> I'm not
2: going to. know. Sorry. Uh, sorry. So, sorry. Um, but let's say a new rule came out that I had to pick only one band to play with and zero other things were even remotely legal. Okay. What band would I pick to play with? What do I think you would do? Well, it doesn't matter. Just, and I'm not going to tell you. Oh, you're not? No. But like, whatever band you come up with is probably the band you should be playing with. You know what I mean? Uh, No, I don't will follow your... Say that again? You know, so... The rule is the rule, right? Sure. So like hypothetically, if every event I played at was thirty two days apart or whatever. Or let's call it one like thirty days apart. Technically I could play in twelve different bands during the year and it would that would be legal. Right. Something like that, right? Sure. Like and I don't know the exact rule. And it's different from association to association or whatever. Sure. Yeah. But on the assumption you could play 12 events all perfectly spaced 30 days apart, you could play with 12 different bands throughout the course of the year. I don't think that's like probably the best thing. It's probably not what was intended. Right. The spirit of the law was... Right, the spirit not. of the rule is not that, I don't think. Probably And And like, I have anecdotal support, like I have anecdotal evidence for that. Which is when I see other bands doing that kind of juggling, And that gives them an advantage over our band that makes me feel really crappy and, and like, kind of angry. Right. Especially, like, in situations where it would, you know, it gives them a clear advantage. And that's happened to us a couple times. I'm not saying anything was done illegally. Like, that, all that has sort of been, like, cleared out to, you know, to my satisfaction. Sure. But, like, it definitely still feels crappy. right? Right? Like, as a person who's trying to you know, put together a good band and go out and com- compete and like you know represent. So, Wait. So if if I'm gonna play with twelve bands throughout the year, like if you had to pick one band and you could only play in one band, what band would that be? And like that's probably the band that you should commit to, right? And you should go all in with that group for a variety of like reasons that would uh, benefit our culture. Yeah right? That makes sense. Is our culture here in this part of the world struggling or not struggling? I think it's like, in my opinion, like we're struggling. Okay. Like we're not at the same standard as the rest of the world. And part of it is that we're all trying and like legally able to, in some cases, like pull pull one over on our competition. Like, like we're able to like, we're able to like pull a technicality to give ourselves an advantage and stuff and it's weird and I think it's uh, toxic so the UK doesn't do that they don't have I I don't know I mean I don't know either I'm curious and again it's just an opinion and I think that other opinions are really good I think the opinion that the existing rule is good is an opinion that could probably be well argued by someone who believes in that but that's just like and it's just a feeling that I that I get you know? So what do you th- what do you think the solution would be? My where, where I'm leaning with right now is I think that uh, I think that you should commit to a band for an entire year, twelve month calendar season, one year. Ch- yeah, yeah. One, can be on one And restaurant. I don't know, like I don't know the exact technicalities, but you get one band per year, and once you've registered, that's it. Now, granted, with I, I still believe in the instructor rule. So those would still be exceptions to that rule. I see. Okay. But like one band per year. And then I think there would be two exceptions I can think of to that rule, which would be, exception one would be if you physically moved your address oh, okay. to some other place, you know, you know, send in a copy of your freaking library card uh, and then that would make it legal for you to... Uh, t- you know switch a roster to like a different local band okay. and then the other one would be if your band officially disbanded Oh, okay. you could then enroll with uh, on another band's roster
1: you think you think the pipe band world is crazy enough where if you had the rule where you moved your address where you so you could change a band then people would like find a way to cheat
2: that Ever, oh, yeah, big time. Like, ever, I, I really would, do would think... Would they bother, like, though? Is that too much trouble? I really do think you should send in a picture of, like, like some sort about. of proof of address, <laughs> you know? Because totally, man. There's totally, like... There would always... Be, there's always going to be... And I actually find that kind of, like, like funny and campy and kind of, like... You know, that's a goofy part of our crazy hobby is, like there are so many people crazy enough to like to do that yeah to, what am I uh, like, get, like get a fake ID so they <laughs> look like they moved so they could like switch yeah. bands but like and I think you would and I think there would there should still be like uh, like pro, like a a necessary buffer period so sure yeah. so if you do move it should be at least thirty days before you can show up with your new band, right? You know, so that you know. But do you have to be holding a
1: newspaper with that day? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> do one of my uh, favorite movies of all time. Do you, you ever see the movie Diggstown? No, I've never seen that. Oh my god, it's a Lewis Gossett Jr. movie with uh, ah, some some other guy I can't think of his name, James Woods, and it's about it's about boxing, but about like being shady boxer. So he, he places this bet, and the bet is. This guy's got to fight 10 guys in a 24-hour period and win all 10 fights. Okay. And so the guy setting up the bet who's like the bad guy in the movie, he like he moves this like this arch enemy of this boxer into his town and then falsifies the documents so that it looks like he's he was living there because they have to live within the county oh totally and so
2: it it just makes me think like would people go to that extreme yeah (laughs) it totally would but i think that would be like more entertaining and it would be hilarious if they went that far yeah but see i think that would be good and um and i don't think it's too extreme right like like make a one-year commitment to whatever group you're going to play in and you know if you end up if that group ends up not working out for you or you get cut and that makes you mad or whatever, it's it's not the end of the world, right? Like, you could still re-enroll the following year with a different group. Yeah. It's I no big deal. And, like, but then what that will, and I think what that'll help us do is, like, you know, uh, it'll help us just, like, make it really easy to monitor rosters, right? Like, by such and such a date, your roster will be finalized, and that's the way that it is. Right, like like an open enrollment period, right? Yeah. And then now your roster is what it is, and, and like it makes it easier for, you know, it makes it easier for top bands who are crushing everybody to like not be scrutinized for any sort of like funny business, right. and then it makes it like a lot easier for a lower grade band to just go focus on them and not like actually feel like they got screwed. That's a big thing. Like, everywhere I've competed almost my entire career in pipe bands, right? If you don't win, you always feel like you got screwed. Or maybe not you, but, like, like a, a large contingent of your band is like, oh, my God, if the judging panel, like, was blah, 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 like, well, of course they won. Like, blah, blah, blah was on the panel. And, like, definitely been. you know, or, or like, uh, you know, Oh, of course they won. Like, you know, they juggled, like, three guys from their grade four band down to the grade five band, so they can, you know, and these are, like, real, and people might roll their eyes, but these are, like, real feelings people have. Oh, definitely. I've seen it, heard it. (laughs) Yeah, and we don't, like, there's no money in this. There's no, like, actual, real prestige. There's no fame, really. So, like, we're, we're all going these long distances and putting all this time into things, and, like... Unless you win, you're walking away feeling screwed. And that's bad for our community. Yeah. Uh, and I think that... And I've experienced that around the world. Because I've been... I've played bagpipes in a lot of places. And I've experienced that around the world. So, like... And I kind of personally think... What simple ways we can figure out to reduce that feeling... Is the name of the game. You know? For example, I totally agree with jack talking about how there need to be considerably more judges at the world more judges per event per event you mean uh-huh. no like if, instead of the world's being like the world's msr being judged by four guys it should oh. be like 16 guys oh yeah and and not because like the judges that are there aren't great but because that's a super easy way to Real drastically clear. reduce the feeling of that you've been screwed. With all the shenanigans, yeah. Right? If four... You know, if you get two-thirds and an... Or three-thirds and an eighth, it's really easy to feel like the guy who gave you eighth screwed you. Yeah. The reality is he probably didn't. That's probably what he thought you were. And there was no screwing going on at all. But, like, now let's... Let's just multiply that by four. So now we got what would what would we get? Twelve thirds and four eighths. Eighth. That's a big difference, right? Like now there's four judges who are in agreement that you were eighth. So now it's like you know now it's you hard didn't, to argue against, but it's way harder to like argue against, which is which is good. That's what we need. We need to like we need to stop feeling like we got screwed. So that we can more quickly and, like, focus, in a focused way, go back to the drawing board what do you, and try and increase our standard. What, what do
1: you think? Why would they not do that? It's not like they, they're paying your judges. It doesn't cost them anything, right? They're asking I mean, uh,
2: for their money back and shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't want to speculate. And, but I'm actually a big, like... Um, assume a it's big, a money thing. I want to be... I want to go on the record that I'm actually a pretty big fan of the RSPBA, and I think, overall, they do a great job. And they probably, I don't want to believe for example like there's a lot of stuff going around about how evil what an evil empire it is right now there's like all that going around and I don't want to believe it because I really think they do a great job I always thought always the logistics feel like, of what they pull off is absolutely amazing there's no doubt oh yeah and like I've never been to an RSPBA event where I didn't feel like it was super well run and it was a really good experience um, other than like getting bad results which is you know, only up to the judges and has nothing to do with the RSPBA. Like that always makes me feel bad because I'm a human Well, I mean it could
1: be up to the R- RSPBA if you added twelve more judges, then they eliminates that completely out of the whatever. Yeah, That's what I mean. 100% like percent like, why
2: not just do that and then then they're like they're And kings. I'm pretty don't sure me. I'm pretty sure a band like uh a band like I don't know, let's pretend Oran Moore was still a band. Yeah. We would have gladly paid way more entry fee money for 16 judges. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I guarantee you the grade one bands would happily pay to, you know, would happily pay themselves for a way bigger panel. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. I just, I don't know what the whole, why, is it just because it takes so long to make any changes? What? I don't know. I, mean, I, really I don't know when I, I don't want to
2: speculate. Yeah. Because that makes me like, I don't know. I don't like all the people taking the pot shots at the RSPBA. To me, is like I don't know. I get it. You're frustrated, and you don't know what to do about it. Right. Yeah. And it's tricky. Yeah. Uh, it's tricky, and uh, and it means a lot to a lot of people. So. Well, I imagine at this point, people are losing their minds over this conversation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, people are gonna. Uh, we'll, we'll sleep We'll get hate mail over this. I guarantee. Why? Because this conversation set people off last week, so...
2: I feel like... But, I, but my... I don't even think more our positions are... Our positions are not adversarial here. I don't think so. Uh, I think my... And I think... But I people think, take things the wrong way sometimes, very yeah. easily. What would be so bad about committing to a band for a full year? Like, what's well, the counter-argument? The
1: counter-argument is the people that... The haves, if you will, who can work the system won't be able to work the system they're not going to word it that way, but they're going to have a problem, right? I know you. <laughs> That's a bit of an extreme opinion, but isn't that really what the issue is? That, like you're saying, the people that could afford to bring people in to work the system and win the gang and have the glory or whatever glory it is to win Stone Mountain at fucking grade four or whatever it is, but doesn't that? Do you think? I would assume they would have an issue with that if they can work the system to their advantage the way it is now. I don't know. I mean, I'm speculating. I don't know.
2: You don't want you don't want to say it. Like I said, I agree. I think people will be making in my in my perfect utopia. There's definitely people out there making the fake IDs so they can switch bands. Well, that's true too. (laughs) So there's still a way to do it. It's just slightly harder. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh my god, oh pipe bands. Oh, it's so amazing, isn't it? It really is. How do we get into this? I don't. I don't know. I
1: promised I wasn't going to talk about it. Well, I didn't. I don't mean the conversation. I mean pipe bands in general. How do we get into this shit?
2: <laughs> my dad played pipes, you know? Like, he, so he went on like a 10 year hiatus. Was he sick of the nonsense too? Um, no, I don't think so. He had a, like, a health concern that oh. made it, like, difficult for him to play. Uh, but then, like, 10 years or so later, he was all kind of healed up. And, you know, the kid, like, we got, we were older. So my dad got him back out. I was probably seven years old or something. Oh, okay. And, like, he was playing the pipes, and I thought it was just, like, the coolest thing ever. So that's how I ended up getting into it. Well, then uh, then you made your wife in. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, and then my dad knew a guy named Jim Clough, famous upstate New York pipe major. Uh, And Jim Clough knew Donald. So, like, in a very short period of time, I was taking lessons with Donald, who just happened to be, like, one of the best bagpipe instructors, in my opinion, worldwide, but certainly, like, in the U.S. For sure. And then... Donald was not one of those guys that wanted to keep his students, like, you know, uh, boxed into, like, only his way. So he was super encouraging for me to study with Jimmy Gilvery and Jack Lee. He had Angus and Alistair and his father Norman out to all the Evermark schools, and, you know,
1: suddenly yeah. you're in it.
3: Yeah.
2: You know? That's a remarkable trait of his, actually. It's so hard.
1: I, I mean, I've definitely struggled with this, at least in my younger years, about letting people letting people go?
2: Like, being that encouraging? Yeah, and I mean, now Donald and I are like, Donald and I are really different types of people. and We're really different uh, types of teachers. You know, and we enjoy very different, like, aspects of piping. Right. Uh, Some of them are the same, but, like, we're also extremely different. And, like, I I love Donald. He's like, uh, for that reason. Like, he's not upset about that and I've had some teachers who were upset about that like that I wasn't like as into p as they wanted me to be when I was 16 or whatever like it just I I wasn't totally dialed in yet and like I had instructors that were super upset by that Um, and then Donald was always just kind of like he just wants to see you love the pipes and get a lot out of it. Right, right. So
1: Donald must be, I've actually never met the man, he must be amazing, but uh, you know uh, Andy Adams, right? Yeah. He actually, when I was working that clinic with him, with him recently, he had mentioned that absolutely hands down his favorite person in pipe bands is Donald And he's right. a drummer, and I don't even know what if he played in the band with him, or, or
2: I don't know yeah. what his relationship is to him. I mean, it would be interesting, like, top five, like, best people in piping. Best people or your like favorite, just people? favorite people? like okay. Like, and if you if you surveyed everyone on the you know, let's say in the PBA, I bet you I would be willing to place money that Donald would win. You think so? Yeah. In the PBA. it would be actually a really fun thing to figure out how to do. Like, do a poll, like who are your
1: yep. five, five favorite, and yep. you think you would get the number. put them in order. So, and you think you would get the most number one.
2: Sponsor. I think Donald would be number one. I would be number two. No, I'm just kidding. You <laughs> mean it was the see, hate, I, most hated people? I'm not people. just boring. I could be funny. <laughs> if uh, you did the most hated people, you would definitely be an oh the guy. I would definitely be number <laughs> one. <laughs> Which I think I like about myself, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I you know, I cry myself. To we see all wanna be loved. So um, and then uh, I think number two would be Joe McGonagall. I can see that pretty sure number two would be Joe I'm trying to think if there are other like really strong contenders in Yusufa specifically yeah I'm gonna go with there's, there's like there's some people that yeah who would, who would you think would be uh, on the list I don't know Yusufa enough to, to be honest to be say, but I would sure any names come to mind though No Like here's a couple more names That come to mind. What's that guy That runs the school The Air Force guy He's Everybody loves him Oh Sandy Jones Sandy Jones He would definitely I don't personally Know Sandy Like very well I've only met him Maybe a couple times I met him like once So everybody uh, I know From the south I I wouldn't be surprised That he would probably Be on there Yeah Um, Another person A couple people That are maybe more fringe But like I definitely think Should be on there Would be like Nancy Tonicliffe uh, Chuck Murdoch um, yeah, I know none of these people. But, like, but they're a little bit more fringy, right? Like, yeah. they're, they just, they're just quietly so cool. Ah, uh, okay. You know? Yeah. I you don't know. That's, that's an interesting question. Ken Allert even though he's not technically, like... Yeah, Ken is absolutely... But cool. he's absolutely got to be on the list, I bet. Well, he's Ontario, though, right? Yeah, but he does so much here anyway, he would probably still be on the list. Like, Ken's probably on the West Coast, too. Everybody knows him out there. <laughs> the like, I think if there was a worldwide survey... I bet you Ken would contend for the top spot. Everyone in the piping world. What do you think about that? that you mean, this is a about, cool... I love conversations like that. About this. him? Like, or just what do you think bold, about my bold. thought that he might be number one? Oh, uh, number one. He's definitely on the list. The, the most uh person in the piping world if you did a worldwide I survey. Like I don't think he'd be number one. I think somebody just by
1: default, somebody more, somebody though? more famous would beat him. Just who would beat him? Like if you're Stewart? if you're polling Stewart Australia, I bet you they don't know him down there. You or, don't
2: think they know him down there? Not like we do. All right,
1: maybe, but I bet you like Stewart or Jack's Stewart, gonna win that. Stewart or Jack are definitely gonna be
2: on because they're so insanely famous. There's no doubt. Stewart and Jack are gonna be on there. Plus, they're great guys. Those two guys are great guys. Yeah, you're right. Um, Stewart and Jack are definitely contenders for worldwide favoriteest person. Absolutely. Huh, who would be the other two? Do you think?
1: Because it's not just like best. It's not important. It's like people that actually like you, like they genuinely like you. Right. Exactly. I'm gonna say Joe Brady. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's that guy. Jeez, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know who the other two would be. I, uh... Another person in the USPBA could be June Hanley. She's a very, like, very definite contender for her. At least top five for sure. Interesting. And I'm missing, for all those people out there that I missed that I just, I'm not thinking of because I'm, I'm driving mercy. and it's like, <laughs> uh, I'm really
1: sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say West Coast, I'm definitely putting oh, yeah, uh, so Len, Len Wood on the on the list for sure Len what people love Len do you know him? Uh, yeah because yeah. he played in Atlanta for a long time yeah I, I met him in the Atlanta workshops a couple times and, like talking about people that are just beloved in that association
2: yeah
1: I hmm. met in Kevin Conquest just because he's so famous and he's a super
2: amazingly nice guy hmm. and see I don't know enough of them but I love like Liza McAdams is one of my favorite people over there she's really cool like Prince Charles, leading yep. drummer kind of thing. Yep. Uh, uh, I personally really liked Bill Merriman. I never had like <laughs> uh, I never had like a bad experience with him, and I thought he was a cool guy. I don't. I don't know if he would win favorite. Maybe he would just because he's a
1: legend. But I, don't, I don't know. He would I know be enough more people that have had, Yeah, he's he's had enough run-ins with people that
2: I don't know if that he would win that. But he's a great. I like he, I like. I mean, Bill and I are kind of like maybe similar in a lot of ways. Like. Adverse, like, aggressive and adversarial in our desire for piping to, like, move forward. <laughs> yeah. No, he had the right yeah. intentions. He came across wrong sometimes. But just like you, I suppose. I never come across
1: <laughs> wrong. <laughs> oh, huh. interesting. I don't know who else it would be. That's a cool discussion. Maybe Charlie, uh, what's his name, the guy from San Diego? Charlie... Uh, can, somebody on the west coast is going to give me shit for this the guy that runs Cameron Highlanders or did
2: he's been a pipe major for like a hundred years and he's survives. Oh, nice. see now you're making me looking bad by explaining all these things and I don't know that maybe <sighs> I'll
1: think of it later or I won't I don't know which but <laughs> uh, but yeah that's a, that's a great question maybe we should do a Piper's Dojo poll favoritist and just pipers. email every band on the planet and have people do it just for the fun of it see, see that happens. that'll
2: end up a biased poll though what, how so? Because it's like if the Piper's Dojo is asking. I don't mean to. Oh, you know they have to say oh, then, oh, I, I think people will go out of their way to just just to spite. You. Membership
0: canceled.
1: <laughs> <sighs> it certainly would. Maybe Carl Donnelly. He might be on the list. Don't. You He's don't. the nicest guy. Andy play. just don't. <laughs> how much would that annoy you if, Car- if Carl ended up on the list and you did? I would be really happy for him.
2: I love him so much.
3: <laughs> Oh, my God. Hmm.
2: Good, was, good discussion points, though. Yeah, that was fun. This is, like, uh, re- like definitely the worst channel like, discussion of all time. Well, probably. I guess we'll
1: see when the hate mail comes up, but it's, it's, uh, I think it's been interesting. We got
2: into controversy. We did
1: some nice, uh, heartwarming, who are the who are the best guys in pipe at? Do you want to do the worst guys? I do not want to. All right, I didn't. Think so. <laughs> 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 well, Chandler, on the list for sure. You're on the list.
2: Uh, most hated. Uh,
1: well, I mean, like, yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, I, I'm
2: super biased. Like, the whole favorite is people of the USPBA. Like, you know, I left out a lot of super popular people that I may or may not have a history with that would probably definitely be on the list. You but do. I'm not going to admit it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I have a couple questions. That's where of- being perceived as a jerk by many people comes in handy is when you need to be a jerk, no one really notices. That's They're true. They're just like, oh, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just part, it's just part for the course. Right. You're always a jerk, so it just sort of blends in. Yeah, people assume you're a jerk. It'll, it you know, gives you carte blanche to kind of do jerky things. I, mean, I,
1: I wonder, I've never seen it, but I, if Stuart turns gets like angry and yells at everybody, does it suddenly like, oh, shit, you must have really fucked that up. Or does, I don't know if he ever does it, to be honest. But.
2: We were talking about this this weekend, like, uh, teaching a workshop is so much different than uh, running a band. Absolutely. When you run a band, it's so hard not to take... Uh, yeah, personally. <laughs> not to take everything personally. Yeah, yeah. Like agree. someone's late for practice. It's so hard not to get mad.
1: Oh, I do all the time. It, it, and I take that. it very personally. Yes. It, it may or may
2: not be like that person actually not being a good person. I would be willing to bet 90% of the time it's not, but I take everything personally. <laughs> but it's hard not to take it personally. And then people didn't practice what you talked about last week. Well, that's, <sighs> that's a whole other thing. It makes you so mad. And then, so like, it's really hard. And so Stuart definitely has, I would think, I would, you know, I'm putting words in his mouth, but I think he definitely has those just very... Normal frustrations with our band, like any other band would have. So if he's trying to get us to play, like let's say, more proactively on the beat or something, and uh, you know, we come back the next day and we're sluggish again, that's going to make him mad, and not just like, you know, and not just mad for show. Like I think he's probably actually going to feel mad about that. Yeah, I've that's heard. It's really him. hard, man. I've been, I've been in that position before, so I, I know how hard it is, so I've you just gotta, you know, when your pipe major gets mad, you just gotta try and get through it. Yeah.
1: I've heard him express frustration two different times about being a pipe major. Once, uh, when he did an interview with us, when he came to Vegas, and then once we saw you at the Worlds in 2017, and we were doing all under the bus thing, Yeah. and you and him were just talking, and we were sort of, I was just chatting with him, and he sort of expressed how insanely... Difficult and frustrating it can be to be a pipe injury. Right, yeah. <laughs> just in a general sense. Oh, I mean, yeah, man. He talked about well, the one thing he specifically said was like, um, you know, like, you know, something as simple as like, I'm the last one out of the practice hall, like, I gotta put the chairs back, I gotta make sure that the yeah. lights are off, that just the stupid stuff. That even Stuart Little has to do, <laughs> yeah. You know, or I mean, I, do you, what do you think he uh, do you think he thinks about? I mean, he's got to be at least in the last fifteen years. Maybe not so much in the last few, but being the most talked about person in piping, probably in the last ten years, say. So we re- say the question again. What do you th- do you think he thinks about that, or, or if he does, does that does, does he even realize his
2: fame in... Or more um, infamy, I suppose.
1: He doesn't I, I seem to.
2: It, doesn't seem to I would see. I would think he's aware of like, you know, aware of like how much of people's attention he has for sure. But it, it's always different, like to be in that position, right? Sure. And so, you know, as a as a fan, it's always different than like being in it, right? Yeah. So, like, the, I think there's pros and cons, and, and, uh, but, yeah, I think he, I, I think he's totally, like, he's generally totally aware, and I think he loves, like, you know, getting better and better, and, like, continuing to work on his craft, and continuing to learn, and try new things, uh, and, but I do think he loves, like, I think he's super motivated by how many people want to listen to what he's doing, if that makes any yeah, sense at yeah, all. Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
1: So that leads me to a couple follow-up questions and then maybe we'll take a break and or we'll, we'll read this out a couple I don't think a break is necessary. I think we, we've been on for like four hours. Well, no, I was going to say we can either close it out or go on break and we'll decide later, but we'll, we'll read them both as if we're doing it. And then, uh, so I have a couple follow-up questions for you. That uh, One is, who is your favorite st- Piper soloist, if you will, okay. currently? All right. Like from the ad, from the angle of you know pushing boundaries, amazing player, whatever really, whatever really gets you off, but like
2: love to listen to. It's records. tough. It's tough because uh, I don't know. I have a love hate relationship at the moment with listening to other pipers. Why is that? Uh, it's like uh, I I just I'm struggling. Like it's. The Glenn Finnick, for example, right? All those guys are uh, friends and or idols of mine, but I can't listen to it, man. Why? It's like, you know, it's, it's just too many years of the same thing you've been listening to. You man. know, I've played a lot of solos to a fairly high level, right? Uh, for a long time. And like, I just, I just, like the excitement for me is just not there right now. Like just like another MSR. I got you now and like in that particular format it's like a double MSR like do they play each tune twice through I think right they do yeah and it's like oh, <laughs> like, oh like, my oh god, god why? like a <laughs> like a other than it's a technical it's joke. doubling like it's doubling like my personal thing but I mean but if I sit down and listen to it you have to marvel at how great people are playing right but I do kind of agree with some of the critics in that it's not interesting enough and and like we're kind of alienating a lot of our potential audience you know, sure. five minutes of tuning time and then we're going to play like very controlled msrs each tune twice through you know and it's just um, and then the same with the p-rock it's like it's amazing playing i cannot play that well i wish i could but it's also very controlled and very safe interpretations of tunes and uh you know, and so it's just hard for me to, like, really dig into that.
1: What so, about what these guys do outside of, like, Twin? Right, stars?
2: so that leads me to, you know, that leads me to a guy like Stewart. And, uh, you know, Ali Henderson is less well-known, but I've gotten the chance to, like, hear him play quite a bit more. Uh, like, you know, those guys are definitely my, you know, favorite types of players I actually want to turn on and listen to. Right. What but, about, like, the Lincoln Hiltons of the world? I uh, I think Lincoln's amazing. I'm ultra jealous, though. Why is that? Because he's just, like... Because uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm also a composer. I'm also a composer of, like, good music. And um, sometimes, you know, his shit just totally... I couldn't have thought of that and done that. Ah, gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm a little bit jealous. But, like, gotcha. uh, put, setting that aside... Uh, wicked good. Yeah. Uh, anytime he comes out with a new video, I click it and I listen to it. Yeah. And you are used to nine times out of ten, him, I like it. When you used to do that kind of stuff,
1: and maybe I mean he just really took it and ran with it. But you'd write a tune and then sort of put some background.
2: He you'd has like write like, 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 your own background music. And, right, kind of, and it, exactly. And my issue is always like, like, you know, my issue is always I never finished anything really. Right, right. So, uh, and I, and I just don't have the patience and attention to detail that. Uh, lincoln clearly seems to have like it's so polished oh my god it's so good right i mean i I was just never that i was just like oh this is a cool idea like let's record it multi-track it throw some drums on it and you know whatever and then i think it sounds cool and that that's about the end of it right yeah (laughs) so if uh who would you
1: recommend a like take these guys that were at our clinic this weekend like if one of them asked you like should I listen to what would you recommend me listen to for a solo piper to enjoy and to model and to get better and that kind of thing as a listening experience
2: that's a, uh, a tough question like what are your interests yeah. if your interests are like becoming a great competitive piper you got to listen to Callum you got to listen to Glenn you got to listen to Finley like I mean you know listen to Glenn Finnick man yeah it's exactly. those are you guys yeah, but you, I'm putting you on the spot. You got to pick one. Oh, one? Yeah, you got to. So pick if one. you're into in competitive piping,
1: yeah, like I wanna, I wanna get better. At sorry, pipes. I'm
2: sorry, Glenn, but you have gotta just. If you had to pick one, you had to listen to Callum. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and so solo piping, Callum's gotta be the best. Okay. Maybe ever, but I don't know. I, I never heard like, you know, I heard Alistair Gillis, and he was incredible. You heard him live? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I I, I knew Alistair pretty well, actually. I took lots of lessons with him and uh, got to hang out with him a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, so then that leads me to the last question. But then all-around solo piper, if you had to pick one, it's got to be Stewart, right? That's what what I would pick. Yeah. Um, And that's one man's opinion. Because he more or less does it all to an insanely high level.
1: Yeah So no matter what you want You're going to get it From him More or less Right <laughs> So Because he does the showy stuff And he could do The insane p Rock And he can do The insane MSR Blah blah, blah, blah Whatever Yeah are, So, so uh, last question Well I guess I think Unless I think of something else But last question Important one Sort of along the same lines It's not going to be Some dirty question That
2: you're sneaking on me Is
1: it? No. Okay. We don't do that sort of thing here. We're we're a legitimate news show here. Oh, god. <laughs> if if uh, somebody came up to you and asked you for a recommendation, you know, like, hey man, um, I want to get better at sex. What porn star should they should they watch? Oh my god, I, I'm out of my depth. <laughs> no comment. Uh, All right, who's your favorite porn star? Come on, there's got to be something. No. Oh Jesus. You want to? You want to talk to me about that? Well, I guess, uh, I guess figures. We uh, we always end it in a bad way. <laughs> Wouldn't be us if we did it it's legitimate stuff here. So, but
2: um, anything? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I you? have a final question for you. Oh, okay. When oh. are you gonna ditch the chain and move to Albany and like you know come back to your roots? <laughs> uh, I because you know, uh, this is how, I'm working on this. I'm your listeners should be your listeners should be like and Josh especially. I want him to get because. You know, I if I make more money, I'm gonna I'm gonna start making you offers, man.
1: Like, what? You like, want to hear my honest thoughts? And I'm willing to talk about this on the air just because it's honest thoughts. So, like, I've been thinking about it a lot this week. You know, like I need mean, 16 mil. Well, uh, plus endorsements. Not, not even a question. But I, I have thoughts that sort of relate back of like to you. So Tom be, Brady's. Oh my god! Like,
2: Would like Tom be a Brady's
1: out. <laughs> But here, are a couple things about that, which I find, which is interesting, and maybe it, it'll uh, be interesting to hear your response to that. But um, I can't afford
2: to bring you and Josh. No, 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 no of course. But <laughs> actually, why not? Why not, right? Josh, uh, he can learn drums real quick. You, you can guys could record in the. Well, no, you can <laughs> But the, part of <laughs> that was you I to was bring, thinking, what's her name, uh, Dilly? I don't want her in my office. Oh, Dilly. Yeah. Uh, no, that's
1: Josh. Hold on to that. So part of that would be somebody actually asked me this: uh, Would you continue the show? And I'm like. I assume so. You could do it over the internet. Why not? Right? Yeah. And uh, but the, I don't like her internet of, interviews. I don't either. But the delay makes it
2: not natural.
1: There's ways to do it. There's ways to cut it together so it seems more natural. And then you just get insanely high you the internet. So like, but, but um, so part of that would be like part of my value I think to the dojo is sort of my perceived. <sighs> I hate this word, but the influence being involved in channery that whole stuff—like the, the what I bring to the dojo from being who we are—does would that change by me being in New York versus Las Vegas? That's a legitimate concern of mine. Or does it not matter to you? Is my value to you purely as a teacher and, and
2: the program that you want to start, with? or is there more to it than that? I think your influence is nice, but you know,
1: it's just something I'm worried. I worry about. It's in my head, like well would I lose. wouldn't have that same. Without Josh, I wouldn't have like him and I are a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> we have this thing, whatever that thing is. I want to break you guys up, <laughs> so Josh is forced to learn how to play a grip. Well, there you go. <laughs> Then so. there's the downside. Can we move this shop to anywhere other than
2: Albany? Jesus Christ! Oh man! <laughs> you, like, you know what? I don't want you to find my wife a job in Vegas. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be Vegas, but that's uh, usually what I tell people. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I, like I, yeah, Joe Brady asked me every day. Man. Basically, like, please move to, to Carolina, where are they?
1: North Carolina. <laughs> Oh, I've heard of that. He, please, he, please, He asked Andrew. me all the time. He yeah. begged me all
2: the time. Please,
1: Andrew, move to North Carolina. He'll find you right for job. I it's guarantee. not actually true. I'm actually lying. Oh, he hasn't asked you? Because I'm sure... He said I'd be welcome, but he's never asked me. Oh, okay, okay. I, he would love it. No <laughs> one wants to invite this, like, controversial well, man into their town. Joe is very smart and savvy and political, and he does not want to draw attention to his band in a negative way. In any, So, yeah, I so wonder what, what he saying, would do. Would if you, well, I'm curious. Like, would he would he want you I mean obviously he'd want you as a player but would you draw too much potential controversy to his band especially with your thoughts on the association stuff it's interesting and that is a topic for another podcast absolutely (laughs) (laughs) and with that folks uh, I I think Josh is going to put something on the end of this uh, I don't know what but uh, uh, Josh you can display your final thoughts
2: uh, I I just feel like I feel like it's possible to have fun you know, without doing something <coughs> too crazy at the end, at my expense, you
1: know. Oh no, Josh, I, I don't think he's gonna do that. I, I Josh, just... just think of my children. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna do the bumpers, the intro and the outro. On this, so yeah, just think <laughs> of my children when you do the outro, Josh. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> don't worry, I'll edit it, so I'll I'll have final approval of whatever he says. But <laughs> and by the way, this beef jerky has been really good. It's really good. It's actually good, sweet and spicy and. It's- it hasn't processed yet, so you're not gassing up the car yet, so that's good. Right. But uh, where are we at? Where are we oh shit! I better call my mother and let her know where I am, so we can uh, so she can pick me up. Yeah, in. probably about a half hour away. Okay. So uh, that's us uh, signing out. Uh, two cunts in a car, ranting about coffee or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. C R C R C. All right. Uh, we're out. Later.
0: Well, that was a fantastic road trip episode. Let us know if you like this format. Um, As you know, Pipe Band people, we travel a lot. And it's a good opportunity to kind of get into some of the deeper conversations around what's going on in the Pipe Band world. Uh, As always, um, I would thank our guests, Mr. Andrew Douglas, Mr. Keegan Sheehan, and Mr. Andy Fusco for rocking the mic on his own this time. And we will see you all next week for episode 91. Fusco, play us out.